Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. We are back with another special edition of the Batphone Podcast. This time it's the M16 Open Heavyweights Edition, and this card is going to be absolutely awesome, as it always is. I always get really excited about these events and it's become a tradition now for the bad phone to rock down there and, you know, try and shove my phone in people's face and get an interview and just try to get a little bit of the feel of the event as well. And it's always gone really, really well. The whole show has gone from strength to strength. Had a good chat with Adam Jones last week on the podcast about all of the awesome matchups that are going down. All of you will be listening to this after the show, of course, so there's not much point in going through it. But, you know, there's been a few changes and there's just some really exciting matchups that we're going into uh, with this event. Now, there are some people's favorites, you know, there there are some big, uh, big names on the card as well. But really, it's the up-and-comers and the talent pool that we're drawing from here in Adelaide, South Australia, that is really exciting to me. You know, the big names are always going to put on awesome shows, and we will look to them to see what the type of technical uh, evolution is taking place. But that same level of evolution takes place on the undercard. And something that I wanted to do for this show is give an award for the breakthrough performance. I'll be really looking for uh, guys and girls on the undercard who are maybe lesser known, who just have a a really standout performance on the day and offer them a spot on the Batphone podcast so we can learn about them and learn about their story and their journey, what club they come from, uh, who are their favorite grapplers, what their coaches uh, are like, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think it would just be a good way to shine a little bit of a light on those up-and-comers and and everyone in the community as well. So... Yeah, really looking forward to the event. We'll see how I go. I know I get caught watching a little bit. If I get caught watching, I'll try to do some commentary and some breakdowns on the matches that are actually occurring, the things that I'm getting mesmerized by. But aside from that, I'll get all the banter. I'll see if I can um, uh, pull the giraffe's head down for a, a quick interview uh, with Adam Jones. Maybe I'll even get uh, six-pack-a-day smoker, Miles Simpson, uh, to give us a few words as well. Quick shout out, they've got a new podcast coming up called The Raz Hour. Everyone in South Australia and Australia and internationally is looking forward to that one. Hopefully uh, nothing bad comes out of it and we all don't get cancelled at the end of the day. So we're looking forward to this event. Now there's a few more events that are upcoming I'm going to try to get coverage on, but for now, let's see how this one goes. And the next segment... Hopefully, will be some insightful interviews with all of the fantastic people in the grappling community. Well, two first faces I've seen in the morning: Daniel Munchau and Brody, the baby giraffe Greco, star of many a Lachlan Giles uh, instructional. He's going to be flying over to England. He's heel hooking everyone. Jeremy Skinner may or may not have seen him naked a few times, but <laughs> this is just how the world works, guys. Oh. Aside from me being an absolute dickhead, uh, they're actually both awesome at jiu-jitsu and they're both on the card today as well. So, Dude, what's, what's jiu-jitsu? It's grappling. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I messed up. I thought this was a gi tournament. Oh, shit. Then I fucked up too. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> Who does 
ski. Anyway. Takedowns only. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Dan. You've been coming out to MATLAB recently. I hope you have been getting something out of it. But uh, how do you Ooh, feel yeah. about your uh, your matchup today? It was a short notice one. I am incredibly excited. Um, the, the opponent that I have is incredibly talented. And every match that we've had in the past has been an absolute banger. So yeah. I'm so, so excited to have another match with him. And I'm super, super lucky. Um, that you know, I get this massive, massive opportunity. It's yeah. awesome. I'm so excited. Well, you've, you've been on the M16 Open before, and you've had good showings. You're looking to show some new techniques, or you're just going to get in there and do exactly what you want to do, try to do, need to do everything. I mean, as much as I say I want to show new techniques, um, I feel like everybody would be, uh, you know, to the shock and horror of everybody. If I get a belly down ankle lock, it's going to be the, <laughs> to everyone's massive, massive surprise. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, um, I'm just out here to do some, you know, Mexican ground karate and enjoy the <laughs> fuck out of it. Well, if you go reverse DLR and it gets blocked and you wrestle up and you end up in a false reap, uh, I wouldn't be too Ooh. too surprised. I would be I would be fucking stoked if I got that, man. <laughs> That's last going well then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something good happened yeah. at that point in time. You can get your I face did jiu-jitsu, holy shit. Oh, yes. And what about you, Brody? You're, you're a veteran now, man. You've been on many, many uh, showcase and you've been putting it out there, putting yourself out there, relocating over to Melbourne, and just, you know, obviously you've been sort of tagging along with Jeremy Skinner, but what it really means is you've been putting yourself in the position to get the best learning you possibly can, and you've continued to do so, and that's uh, surmounted in you getting a shot on the M16 Open against some high-level opponents, as well as over in Grapplefest in the UK. I had to bring it up, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it's been, the last three years has been an experience. It's been just being with the Absolute Team as a so many doors um, obviously being one of Jeremy's first students he invested a lot of time in me mm -hmm. as soon as I went over there and now it's just amounted to me being able to get matches around Australia um, still had to put the work in I didn't get to skip any steps along the way um, but yeah it's been good being able to compete in uh, classic jiu-jitsu been on the M16 a few times uh, I was supposed to have a match in Perth uh, but obviously with all the lockdowns that happened that everything got pulled over there yeah yeah um and now, yeah, I'm in the M16 this weekend against uh, a guy called Rob Pasco from Tasmania. Um, it should be fun. I expect a lot from him being from Deacon's gym. Obviously. Yeah, well, that's it. You obviously had a match for Deacon already on Boa, so... Yeah, which, which was uh, super exciting. And then in two weeks, I'm over in London, in Liverpool, to be exact. Ooh. I know Chris would kill me if I keep saying Shit. London. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, all the Scousers might kill you as well if you keep calling Liverpool London, but, you know. Brody's actually never coming back. He's going to die <laughs> over there. <laughs> I'm going to be locked in a basement with Chris yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, but no, I fly out next Monday, and that should be a really good uh, opportunity to showcase my jiu-jitsu on the largest uh, man, match We're looking forward to seeing that, man. Something I wanted to ask you, actually, being that, like, today is ADCC, Boa was IBJJF. Did you really give a shit about what rule set it is? Like, or are you, are you coming in with a specific set of game plan that you want to just enact on people? No. Uh, and what is the rule set for Grapple Fest as well? I don't even know. Um, so the rule set for Grapple Fest, it's a interesting one. It's a 10-minute match. It's sub only. Okay. Uh, so Ooh. basically it works. The more sub attempts you have, mm -hmm. um, you win if it goes to decision. Yeah. So it's kind of like who's number one. Yeah, more or less. Are you going to get on who's number one? I mean, I hope so. I, I, want, I want matches on every card possible. You versus Isaac. How's that? Who's I mean, I'll take that for the exposure, but... <laughs> but I won't, man. I'm not going to... 
I wouldn't even roll with him if he comes back to South Australia. <laughs> if Craig or Isaac come back home for the holidays, I am going to lock myself in a room and not come out for like three months. Just so that that's fair. As I feel like I've been, as man, it's been like snapped by him. It it kind of hurts mm. a lot. No, I'm sick of men. I don't want. I don't want to die. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. young and ferocious. I'm old and broken. How 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 much how can how much dust can you pound into the floor before you realize you've won the fight? Yeah, that's fair. All of it. Um, <laughs> to answer your first question, yeah. though, uh, it's just sort of been a mindset of I'm going to go in there and I'm going to submit the guy. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether I get my guard passed, I get mounted, I get my back taken. As long as I can defend the submission and I can get work to a better position and work back, I'm going to try and submit him. So yeah, that's awesome. sort of the mindset that I took in the bower. Didn't get the submission, which was the first professional match that I didn't get a submission in, which I was a little bit disappointed, but still a good showing that I can go 10 minutes. Hmm. I can still play the points game if I need to. I prefer not to, but... Yeah. Um, but just massive experience, massive exposure. And I suppose... You know, we've had chats about this. I'm talking to Daniel right now. We've had chats mm. about this. It kind of is dictated by the elite of what you can potentially achieve in the rule set. Exactly. In IBJJF, it's gi, right? Or gi, it's IBJJF. In no gi, it, it's ADCC. So understanding that giving yourself time, like what you're doing today, to compete in an ADCC rule set means that you're just going to be preparing yourself for when you actually go to trials and try to put forward a game plan. If your game plan is always submit the guy, you're a step ahead. Exactly. But when push comes to shove, if you have had experience in playing the rule set as well, then your natural techniques will come out. And we do a lot of this in competition class as well as like the technique selection will change based on the scenario that is presented to you. You're three points down. Uh, and you're in full guard, you're in an IBJJF match, the way that you would generate points in that situation is very different to the way you generate points in ADCC. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's something that uh, Jeremy and Lachlan Giles does a lot of in our mm. pro sessions at Absolute. Um, we spend a lot of time working out of really bad positions, and then obviously um, I spent some time with the Grappling Education Boys with Jeremy yep. relocating to Sydney in the last couple of years. Um, and that's where I'm actually prepping for my last oh, two cool. weeks. Um, and next week, I fly back to Sydney tomorrow. Um, they do the exact same thing. We're working from not just bad positions, but the worst kind of positions. Mm-hmm. How can we like start getting one step in, a, in head against uh, one headed? In, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Don't one... worry, bro. I can't talk either. This is just a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, really, really trying really to, we're always trying to work from like the worst position possible and we're just trying to get one step ahead and yeah. retain yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So. A very interesting drill that we used to utilize is like we, we play bingo, right? Just oh limb God. hunter bingo, right? <laughs> well, let me, let me but how, however, we play limb hunter bingo where everyone has, you have to get a submission on the neck, the arm, and the head. So everyone in the room oh, on their partner, they have to get a submission on the neck, the arm, and the head. Both partners, right? Uh... The lower rank girl gets to start wherever they want. And as soon as you get all three, you yell out bingo, everyone else has to do some sort of conditioning. Push-ups, squat jumps, whatever it may be. But it puts you in a position like, this guy's starting on my back, and I know that I have to get a finish on him before anyone else in the entire room gets a finish on their partner because I don't want to do this damn conditioning. So I've got my back taken, and I'm not thinking necessarily about all the little intricate steps of escaping. I'm thinking about submitting this guy. So it's survival, it's doing what's necessary, and then attacking immediately on the outset. And I think like when you put yourself in that urgency mindset, if you're already a pretty good practitioner who understands the systems of grappling and jiu-jitsu, when you are forced to put it together in a really acute format that means performance 
man, that's it's a good feeling. And then someone gets bingo and you're like, fuck, I have to do push-ups. <laughs> I, still, I still remember the first time I met you, Nick, was at the Web Grappling. Oh, God. And this was back, what, five, six, would be six years ago. Probably even more yeah. than that, man. At this uh, point. I remember we were playing bingo and I remember just looking at you. <laughs> within, ten, within five seconds of every restarting a bingo, Nick would just go for that ankle lock. I don't want to do push-ups, man. That's exactly what he said. He'd be like, sorry, guys, I'm not doing push-ups. <laughs> hey, just do it faster than me. Uh, here's the blueprint. Just, nah, it is a bit Last of fun. Ankle yeah. Key to success. Yeah. But you've been doing our competition classes recently as well. Now. Absolutely. It's been, ab- it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. Just, just because. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey Hannah. Hello. Hannah's on the podcast. How's it going? <laughs> That's <laughs> no, good. Yeah. Oh my god! Where, where was I? Yeah, uh, comp classes. Um, yeah, they've, they've probably been like some of those beneficial things that I've been able to do for my jujitsu. Um, you know, whether it's at you know the mat lab, whether it's a beach side, whether it's yeah. at Bal- Bal- Balboa. Um, you know, getting both that you know that high octane and getting used to just really really intense roles and getting used to the intensity of going, oh crap, someone's trying to kill me. How do I submit them back? Or how do I start to generate my offensive game when someone's offensive game is so powerful yeah. in such a good position? What, what's going to happen when we get a mirror on these mats at some point? Ooh, a mirror. <laughs> get on here. Get, get, get on here, please. Get on here. He is one of the most talented grapplers in Adelaide right now. And he's an intense competitor he's as well. He's an awesome competitor. Having fought against him, he is... I, I dread every match that I have with him here. Just I dread because. his neckties. It's he's going to snap me down. I'm like, you're, you're eight foot tall, bro. Oh, my God. He's actually walking over as oh, no. we speak. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Would you believe Run. this? Would you believe this? Ah. That sound you just heard was actually Amir. We've just been talking you up for five minutes, bro. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. I said I don't want to get snapped down, and I want you to get on the uh, get on these mats for I'm M16 boy, Open. ready to eat. Jesus Christ. Imagine that. <laughs> Adam, we already know the next uh, next competitor to be on the show, so get Yeah, on it's it. Amir, and it's, it's first talk, literally no anyone. Yeah. All talk, no action. Bro, your accent's taken a little bit of a step up since the last time I spoke. <laughs> Has, <laughs> it? Has it? Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. you. Right, i got to get out of here. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so I'm springing it on Chris, and I'm springing it on Justin right now. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I was going to take photos of you two. So apprehensive oh, about no. it. No, well, look, we were just talking about it, man. Justin White has been a huge part of the the system for many, many years. Every photo that you've likely seen from a fight show has likely been taken by Justin, and he's part of the uh, management staff on DFC as well. Uh, look, it's, it's not an easy gig that you've undertaken, man, but... We appreciate it, and I wanted to say it doesn't go unnoticed. We see the same faces year after year after. It's literally been decades uh, that we've been doing this and that you've been doing this. So I just wanted a chance to say thank you and get you on the podcast because you're a podcast listener as well. Yeah, yeah, now I get to listen to myself on the podcast. How good's that? (laughs) Finally. But what's it been like? Is there any, I mean, obviously I'm springing this on you, but Mm. there's any lessons that you can impart on people from being behind the scenes for so long about fight shows, about jiu-jitsu shows, Mm. or whatever it may be for the community? That's a, that's a great question. It's a huge question to unpack, I guess. One. So yeah. I think I think guys that just get the shows going, it doesn't need to be anything big and crazy. And obviously, we're at M16 Open today. It's it's such a great platform that they can replicate over and over again and, and, and do it, you know, follow it up really quickly instead of having six-month gap between shows. They're, they're putting them on straight away again. And I think that's, that's huge. You get into a bit of a rhythm from that. You know, your variables are pretty similar each time. Um... Which, uh, which I think makes it easy as well because 
from from the uh, the behind the scenes side, you don't want to burn yourself out yeah. with, with new challenges each time. And so sometimes, you know, Nisa Fury is another great example. Like how many shows have they put on, yeah. and you know they've got this great formula that works. Everyone knows what to expect. It's great. Guys get to compete regularly. Um, and, and yeah, M16 opens a really good example of that because yeah, that can be a challenge if you're going to new venues every time. You're, you're trying to do something different. Um, that's where it can really take a toll. So yeah. So I, you know, look, I I 100% agree with you, right? From, from that community perspective, yeah. that's why we revere and respect the people who put it on the line to actually make these shows happen and provide opportunities to the athletes in the sports that we all love and partake yeah. in. You know, what I mean, it's all easier said than done, but. As you're saying, when you are prolific, when you actually do endeavor at the outset, I'm not just going to put on one show. I'm not just going to put on a showcase and that's going to be one and done and that's all we're going to do. We're going to put a massive event. It's about actually having longevity in mind at the outset and setting up a structure, even a business structure, that can support many shows over many years. And that is way easier said than done. Mm. Like That is one of the hardest things to even potentially conceive of and it takes people like yourself uh, and Trent as well like man how hard these guys work behind the scenes it's not lost on me I see it because I've seen you guys for so many years so many years but but, and you see us you know you see us putting in the effort with our athletes and uh, making sure that everyone's safe and is well prepared but it's synergy right it takes all of our efforts in order to make this happen and yeah it's good to get a little opportunity to have a chat with you and just those little insights I think will be be a huge eye-opener for people. What I'd really like to do is get you and Trent on the podcast exclusively for a sit-down and we can really flesh it out and talk about all of those aspects. definitely. It can be a huge eye-opener for everyone as well. Maybe just you because if we get Trent on at the same time, it'll probably just be him talking for a two and a half hours and then just us adding in small comments to prompt another monologue from, from Trent Winter. Mate, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wait to hear from you and let's do it. Let's, yeah. uh, let's set it up. So, yeah. So you agree? I've got it. Let's On the it. podcast. You agree? <laughs> no comment. Oh, damn it. No Thanks, comment. Justin. No, Cheers. Man. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got him right off the bat. He didn't know he was going to be on the podcast so soon. Declan Moody. How was that? Blake and Joshua, first match, bang. I, uh, I wasn't ready. I was, <laughs> wasn't I was ready. at the front desk. <laughs> I came over and I was like, oh, we're doing overtime rounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to be giving a performance uh, reward. What, what did I say? Breakout performance or something like that? They, yeah. I'm going to offer them a shot on the podcast and give them a piece of useless junk from the Batman memorabilia that they have to rock up to the podcast in order to receive. Well, I but, I mean, I guess Blake's the front runner so far for breakout performance. For sure. I, um, I'm shocked. That was that, was, that fast. was one of the fastest matches on the Open ever. We should we're, get we're a timer going. We're going to have yeah. to run that back, see, see if anyone's uh, won faster than that. Well, we've got Shane Wright coming up right now, and we've got big Stan Werner in the, in the corner of, uh, of Boaz over there. You love to see Stan at these events. I do. I love, I love having half an hour chats with Stan at these events. I've been spoiled today, man. I've got to get a chat with, with Trent Dubuin in at some point as well. Oh, like, treat yourself. Man, it's going to be fun times, but, man, you are going to be going over to... Where is, where is the Asia-Pacific trials it's being be held? It's going to be in Sydney. It's being held it's in Sydney. Six weeks today. And that's, this is the culmination of your efforts, man. This is what you've been working towards for one. a very long time. And you're going to have the entire South Australian contingent behind you. And you're pulling Alan Hartley over as well. Uh, taking uh, as many people as we can, you know. It's, it's lucky that I, I live here and I've got such a good support system here from everyone, you know. Yeah. I'm blessed, really. 
really blessed. Uh, we're blessed to have you around, man, but we're going to have to kick you out pretty soon, man. I'm going to give you the whole um, Goodwill hunting speech with like Ben nah. Affleck and, and Matt Damon and just be like, look, Mind we love you. One day you come to my house, Nick. I just want and you there. won't be there. That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to, man. That's when we'll know that you, you went. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we've got Shane and Boaz going on right now. We'll come back and we'll do some match commentary we'll some for commentaries. the people's main event, Tommy Hayes versus Ryan Cooper. Beautiful. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> cool matches so far. Uh, first two matches down. We've got Daniel Munchau coming up next. I'm really excited to see this one. There's been some really uh, fast performance and some measured performances as well. Shane Wright picking up a victory, which is very well deserved, but... This is going to be excellent. Munchau versus Michael. I'm not going to do any commentary. I'll save that for later. But you guys got to log into that stream. If you haven't seen it already, this is going to be fireworks. Well, maybe I should have done commentary for that because it was an excellent back and forth. Uh, Michael countering all of the footlock, initial footlock and single leg X attempts of Daniel with rollover guillotine, which is a brilliant strategy. And that was followed up by a change of strategy with Daniel coming back up on top. And then, of course, uh, Daniel may or may not have called it with a belly down ankle lock finish, but yeah, that was a brilliant match. And uh, oh, some uh, some candidates for breakout performance so far, which is really cool to see. The matches keep coming thick and fast, so we're going to be all over it all day, and I'll try and get some more interviews in shortly. So, I guess we won't be able to get commentary on Ryan versus Tom because Ryan has asked me to corner him. Uh, and he's just been telling me about how how hard it is to shave behind your kneecap. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, excited to be a part of I've cornered Ryan many, many times. Maybe it'll get me a, a spot on his new supporter walkout tee for his pro debut. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Next up is Sam Warren versus mini Johnny Sins, Jack Hayes. And this could be an MMA fight, but they're choosing to do it without strikes today. So... You can hear the crowd clapping. This is going to be a barn burner as well. I can't watch this and not do a little bit of commentary on it. So Sam and Jack have been uh, trading neckties. Sam looking for inside and outside trips, a little bit of a judo influence. Whilst Jack is really looking to get inside ties. He's thumb blocking. He's going on the outside rushing. So it's a little bit of wrestling versus judo at the moment here on the feet. But you can see they're both incredibly quick. This is the lightest weight class being contested on the M16 Open. And the speed and engagement is really, really noticeable right off the bat. Fighting hands in the first five minutes, they're both experienced practitioners. And, and something I talked about with Adam Jones on the podcast recently is they both are used to performing on the big stage. So sometimes people roll a certain way in the academy. Um, they're getting data. You know, they're improving on their skills. But when they start rolling and getting after it in competition, it's just a completely different beast. And these two are exactly the same. So it's a professional versus an amateur MMA athlete. Jack hit a beautiful snap down to the front headlock and used the underhook takeover, Snyder maneuver. And Sam immediately goes into Z guard from the half guard on bottom. Again, ADCC rules. So even though the takedown was achieved, there's no points for the takedown in the first five minutes of the match. So a lot of patience in the Z guard from Sam initially. They're both fighting wrists. The hand fight and the grip fighting has been excellent so far. These guys are both 
very, very good practitioners. And to be honest, they're having a good match too. They're having a, a good performance on both sides. I've seen them both compete a uh, fair amount, both in grappling and in MMA. And it looks like they're both on today. They're both really uh, keen to what each other are doing. Jack's looking to press down the far hand and, and move into a pinot trap. And Sam used that to attempt to put the full guard back in. Jack bails out, back to standing. And now we have a standing versus seated guard scenario with Jack on top. It's going to be very interesting to see how or if the strategy does change. Oh, a wrestle-up attempt from Sam. And a big guillotine bite from Jack Hayes. He's trying to... He's really trying to modify it to get a better grip but that may have been a mistake as that allowed Sam to get in but it's uh, it's guillotine versus guillotine defense right now it could go either way and it's it's interesting because Sam lost by a, by a guillotine against Zach Gregson in his last MMA bout um, Zach being the champion from M16 and, and Jack being a training partner so that could have been a similar situation but it looks like Sam's learned some lessons he was able to get out and now he's on top in Jack's full guard. Interestingly enough, there's one minute 30 to go without points. And if Jack stays on bottom for that time period, he may actually have an opportunity to get a wrestle up of his own. He's already shown he has the ascendancy standing, achieving the takedown. So if he stays on bottom and that time elapses and he wrestles up, he'll be up on points, dependent on how he wants to play it strategically full guard situation now for Jack and they're fighting wrists and hands again very quick movements from both they're both definitely on Jack looks to sit up and over into the guillotine before Jack had a lot of issues early on in his amateur career holding on to the guillotine for too long he definitely didn't do that this time but I remember having many a conversation with Miles about it how do we get him to let go of the guillotine beautiful work there from Jack as he goes to butterfly guard uh pushes out to standing, immediately snaps down and gets back on top. So he did that with 30 seconds left without points. If he'd waited just a little bit more time, he may have actually been able to get some points out of that scramble scenario but he just pulled the trigger a little early. So Jack is back on top, facing Sam Zegard. And we're 20 seconds to go, time elapsing into points. So interesting strategic battle they both spent time on bottom they both spent time on top it looks like jack has the faster decision making at this point the the decisions that he's made in terms of when to snap down when to stand up when to go for submissions that's what's been dictating the pace of the match so far as opposed to sam unfortunately being resigned to reacting but but at the same time he's reacting quite well so z half guard versus a weaving on the knees pass from Jack and we are through into points now so we may see a bit of a a pressure change from Jack as opposed to playing open and gunning for submissions he may choose to use a little bit more pressure so he's looking at a basic tripod pass to try and get the knee line through through the Z guard and he's keeping a very close and tight frame so he's not committing to an underhook on the far side he's just attempting to connect his knee and elbow on the inside to give him the tight frame, but Sam was on it. Sam used a small movement to get his knee back inside and block out that close elbow frame. So very, very smart technical work from both practitioners in this match. Uh, Both athletes showing progression and composure. So head-to-head now 
from Jack as he tries to get some pinning pressure. A nice fast knee slide. Ooh, a bite on the deep half allowed Sam to come up on a wrestle up. Uh, Jack was able to defend and sprawl, which gave Sam the opportunity to come out on a front headlock and enter into a, a guillotine and anaconda chain. So a very fast sequence of events. Almost so fast I couldn't keep up with it there, especially not verbally. Hopefully if you're on if you have the stream or re-watch the stream, you'll see that sequence in real time just to see how fast it is. Sam's used that front headlock position to flash to the back as he had double wrist control. With one hook in, Hayes, Jack Hayes is really trying to defend these positions, but he's now having to defend the rear naked choke at the same time as the bottom hook. This could be all she wrote. Jack is notoriously tough from these positions. He's used to having big Declan Moody on his back, amongst other things. So he knows what pressure feels like. But we are 2 minutes 50 to go in this 10-minute match, and it has been incredibly back and forth and it was the decision making in that second phase it really was Jack trying to knee slide through which opened up that deep half for Sam to get under and then back on top initiating a wrestling scramble where they were head to head Sam chose to come out on top of the snap no points for the hooks as Jack had a moment there where he could scramble and he manages to get out so Jack now back on top with Sam not being able to score from that back control position. It was only a single hook at any given time. Jack rode through transition. So we're back now. We're back in the center of the mat. Jack back on top. Will he go for that knee slide again and potentially open up a little bit of a danger position for himself? Or are we going to see some late minute sub attempts? Very interesting. I'm very glad I stuck around for this one to get a little bit of commentary. Excellent performance so far from both practitioners. So now they're starting to make decisions. It's reverse De La Hiva versus knee slide. This time Jack completes the knee slide, makes Sam Turtle, takes the bat, two hooks in, throws the choke in immediately, blindingly fast. Blindingly fast. And with a minute 40 left, Jack Hayes turns the tables and gets the tap. Match of the day so far, you hear the crowd react. Absolutely brilliant performance. Yeah, we've got a new front runner for breakout performance of the day. Just finished up helping Ryan out a little bit with his match with Tommy. That was a really intense. I didn't realize that people could pull deep half at the same time, but that's what we got in that matchup. Absolutely beautiful. I'm just watching Brody Greco in his match on top and front headlock chains. It's been a fantastic day. Every match has been very unique. You know, there hasn't been a lot of similar cycles that are playing out. We're starting to see a little bit of a disbursement of overall knowledge, which has resulted in everyone's game plan and style changing, which is fantastic. That's evolution. Adaption is evolution. So I'm like a kid in a candy shop every time I come to M16 Open and every time I get to watch people compete on a high level because I just I see it as a whole and I see it's progressing. And I see a lot of happy, friendly faces too, which makes me, uh, which makes me a happy chap. So... Brody's doing well in his match. I'm sure we've got some really high-level matches to go during the day. 
Well, I'm lucky enough to have Tommy and Ryan here. They're good old, good old friends from the toe-to-toe days, and they just had a knockdown drag-out brawl. I just mentioned I didn't realize that two competitors could pull deep half at the same time until I saw that match. Well done, guys. It's, um, I don't know, I'll give you a bat phone exclusive here. Deep half's the new meta. Like, re- <laughs> wrestling up is like, deep half's the new meta because as people get older and they're going to keep doing jiu-jitsu in their 60s, guess which position is going to be most viable, Nicholas? Deep half. Deep half. <laughs> so you're basically saying you're replicating an old, old man jiu-jitsu at a younger old age. Old man jiu-jitsu. Yeah, listen, I can't, I can't uh, fucking help the, the lot of genetics I was born with. <laughs> you go find my parents and hey, man, what the fuck's up with your son being so athletic? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan came in ripped and shaved and ready to go with this one. Didn't really help too much, did it? <laughs> Uh, I think Tommy, as I was saying before, Tommy came in with a lot of intensity, oh, a lot of intent. Right off the bat. And um, yeah, it was a very strategic matchup. I was wondering how it would go moving into the second five, if there would be some strategy changes from both. But you both worked really hard. You, uh, Tom, I thought you were on on point with um, understanding the rule set and blocking points and, and knowing where you were safe and where you were not safe. And... I, I, I saw that I'd, like, he got, uh, I don't know where the two points got from. I thought I had to keep my shoulders off the mat, but I could be wrong. Hey, half Nelson. I was it going for the, the half, half Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. So it was like a long time, right? So he went for the single leg and you were guillotining him. And then after he escaped the guillotine, oh, he kept, so you three, kept your shoulders three off sec- the mat. Three seconds on the mat even when you're holding the guillotine. Yeah, apparently so. But sure. he, only when he escaped the guillotine and half Nelson you did he get awarded yeah. for the points. Yeah, yeah, so it was like a long time. Right. I honestly um, should have brushed up on the rules a bit more because I didn't really know what the... I mean, I didn't know you had to do that to get the points from a takedown or whatnot. I, I thought, because by the time the points started coming around, because you're really meant to go for it for, with whatever at the start, but like by the time, you know, by the world's two minutes left and I was seven up, and yeah. I was like, well, I don't think that in that amount... I'm real comfortable with defending the turtle, and I thought I'm probably not going to be able to give the points up in that amount of time, so I thought, well, fuck it, let's try and get the sub, because that's what I wanted, but he's... Tough bugger and wouldn't give me his knees or his neck. <laughs> I was just paranoid of him attacking my legs the whole time. I was like, I did say, yeah, you did. My legs are really fucking pulled in. Because <laughs> you went for a like, knee, was it knee bar? The damn the knee bar. Yeah. Oh, I was like, fuck you, leave my knee alone. I was like, oh, where have I seen that before? That immediate two on one wrist grip uh, deep half and dog bar. I'm like, yes. where, who, what? I don't know, man. I'm, there's, there's a bit of hashtag gratitude for that dog bar, mate, let me tell you. <laughs> there's been many a hashtag over the years, but. Uh, now, good on you guys, and good on you for you know being mates before, having a real good, hotly contested match, and then being mates after it as well. Well, it's that's like when we were doing the when we we're doing that legwork class, and you were like, "Really? Who gives a fuck?" I don't. Yeah, because you both care. we both we, rocked we, up we, to MATLAB to do the legwork class. We both rolled a fuckload of times. Like, yeah. you know, it's like when you spar, spar someone, and then yeah, you yeah. fight them. Like, you both know how it's gonna go. Same as roll, like rolling. You know roughly how it's gonna go. And I knew well, like maybe on the ground I'll be okay, but on the feet, like I knew that he was gonna have the skills. So you got to keep it where you wanna. It, you know, I thought that was a great match to watch, and I was, it was nice that Ryan asked me to help him be in his corner. I've cornered you many, many a yeah. times, or many, many a thing, but it felt bad to corner against Tommy because I like him really. Don't put me in oh, this we position. All, we guys. all like him, but you know, he's <laughs> a cheeky bastard. <laughs> uh, that last twenty seconds, he just baited me into shoot. I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> what did you get? Because I kind of, and I'm yelling at you, touch and go, and I'm like, ah, fuck. I wonder how this is going to go. You're right on the edge of the mat, so we're going to go through the scoreboard. Oh, such, such a pain. Well, I, 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 I think I got it right at the end, but it was like one second left. I, uh, I, I, was, I was up in the butt. Uh, I was on my butt. Uh, I, was like, oh, I thought I had it. I was like, oh, that's an extra two points that don't matter. That's so basically what that conversation was just then is, like, I thought I had you, bro. Nah, you never had me, guys. Yeah, you didn't have shit, bro. Fuck you. Nah, good stuff, guys. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us on the podcast. So Brody just had his match with Pasco. 
I'm not sure who's next, but I was I was seeing that Will. I think Brody won that one. Yeah. I was seeing that it Will and so um, Will and Allen are going to. They're warming up at the moment, and that is just going to be ridiculous. Looking forward to oh, it. That's probably the match I'm most looking forward to. Match of the day, candidate. Yeah, match of the day, definitely. Right. Let's see how we go. Well, I'm standing here with uh, probably the, the biggest back squat, the biggest deadlift, and the biggest balls in uh, South Australian Jiu-Jitsu right now. Harry Malazzo is going to be taking on Tito Carl, and hopefully no one gets milked in this matchup. Someone's getting milked. <laughs> Someone's getting milked. What an awesome opportunity for you, man. Congratulations on stepping up and taking this one. In my... Oh, man, I don't think it's an opportunity at all. I think it's just people uh, are just going to fight everybody. Politely, fuck off. You're a fantastic competitor. And I think opportunities like this come come down very seldom. And yes, everyone should fight everybody, but so. you're the one who's stepping up to doing it. Well, someone's going to break it, I guess. <laughs> How do you feel about the matchup in reality? I mean, you know what your skill set is. You know what you're going to go out there and try and do. i got nothing to lose, man. Yeah. i got absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, there's not really... I mean, it's been Declan and Lockie Warren yeah. and Sonny, all high-level guys that I can never do a thing to. So, I mean... Jeez, you're really talking yourself up here, Harry. I'm oh, sorry. Mate, like, you never know. You're I breaking mean, the moulds. I might just be the blueprint. We don't know. Oh, man. Oh, look, all of us, we're behind you, man. Well, we we want to see you go out there. It, Tommy came in with massive intensity against Ryan Cooper just That then. was good, man. They both had a good match. And if you come in with that type of intensity, you, you've got to be on those mats yeah. you know, to win or to lose. And you're on them, man. I'm looking hey, forward to hey, it. Hey, Malazzo. <laughs> Shit. Slightly under 130 kilos today. Slightly under, slightly over. We don't talk about the weather, do we? Adam is uh, an aerodynamic giraffe. Has uh, popped his head down after eating some leaves to. Look, it's it's just nice that someone else has to deal with this fucking big hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just talking him up, man, telling him he's taken a massive opportunity and it's going to be yeah. awesome. He's going to come in with intensity. The problem is, though, is the uh, is the banter from him after. Like, oh, if he wins shit. this, we're never going to hear the fucking end of it. <laughs> if I win this, I'm dropping under 100. If he wins this, he. He really, BJJ Math, you're better than Declan Moody. And lucky one. Boy. <laughs> boys, the First Nations Jiu-Jitsu boys. How's it going? Good, oh, good, good, good. Man, um, we just started up MATLAB. It's been a month in operation now, and I want you guys to come out. We'd love to, man. Yeah, we were talking about that the other week, so we'll get uh, Friday First Nations Jiu-Jitsu down. Really, so really. Well, me and Adam had our podcast like I don't know a week or two ago so we had our like on air podcast and then we had like an hour and a half to two hour off air podcast that inevitably occurs after recording so most of that will get me cancelled but the best part of that (laughs) conversation was his involvement with First Nations Jiu Jitsu and what it's meant to him and what it's meant to everyone who's been involved with it and from the outsider looking in it just looks like it looks like the beginning of something that's going (laughs) to turn into something you know what I mean like how does it feel from being involved in it so far Yeah, yeah, Shane's one that started it really, but for me, it's just like it has changed my life. And like everyone always says that with jujitsu, it's like changes my life. And I was hearing that from the beginning of it, and I was like, how does something like that change your life? And then it actually has. Like I'm making like better choices with who I'm hanging out with, um, what I do with my body, just like everything. And just like mentally, it's made me so much better. I've made so many good friends out of this and yeah. with Shane as well I, I didn't know Shane beforehand now we're like good mates like yeah. one, one of my good mates now so well, I yeah. can say categorically man jiu-jitsu and grappling and you know even MMA to a certain extent throughout my life like people know some of my story but they don't know the whole story they know the good parts yeah, yeah, of yeah. the story you know what I mean but the only way I got those good good parts is because 
that whole community of people brought me back to life like yeah. three or four times yeah. like legit three or four times you know what I mean yeah, like, sure. and they will always be there for you so you've started down a path that is there's always going to be there you know? yeah, and I'm really right. glad to hear yeah. that man. yeah no I love it it's, it's, um, it's such a good community as well like, everyone's so nice and I remember like when I first wanted to start doing jiu-jitsu I was like Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to walk into like this place where people are gonna like bash me. And all yeah, that. yeah, that's and what it feels like. It's the complete opposite. It's yeah, like yeah. the nerdiest dude yeah, is yeah. like probably the, the dude you don't want to fuck with. You know? like, so. I'm the nerdiest dude, and you can fuck with me anytime, man. Don't worry, it's gonna it's gonna go you fine. The wrong side of you, nah, you know? nah, there's no wrong side of me. Man. I've been told when I'm rolling, I'm still too nice. And shit. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, well. That's what Adam says sometimes with me. Is like we need to get the cunt out of you. So <laughs> nah, you're right. <laughs> Oh like, man, the amount of times I've sworn on this podcast, I'll tell you what, my like, um, my mum my is on my case every time, she's like, do you know that your grandma listens to this podcast? I'm like, no, I didn't know that, like, it's not, why would she listen to this? It means nothing to her, she just listens just to see how I'm going, like, yeah, yeah. I'm saying bad words, what about you Shane, what's it meant to you? Uh, for me, like, I kind of, I've been doing jiu-jitsu on and off for about eight years, but yeah. I kind of went back to running, went back to boxing, kind of dabbled in kind of all different martial arts I guess but um, jiu-jitsu I just always come back to and I just went to a gym and met a good friend who was like Fijian and uh, he spent a lot of time with me and um, got to learn a bit about his culture and I thought to myself it'd be great to you know get to catch up with other Aboriginal and First Nations people in um, Adelaide that are doing jiu-jitsu and I couldn't really find any I didn't really know of any programs that were going uh, I've done a lot of community work and hadn't really seen any uh, programs so I just thought one day if I ever get the chance, I'd be great to do that. Yeah. And I uh, met Adam, and me and Adam kind of built a friendship. Um, he kind of helped me out and invited me to come down to Seaford. So I drive to, from Salisbury to Seaford like two or three times a week to go train, which is a bit of a drive, but I think it's well worth it just to have that, um, you know, have those people around me um, that support me to do this stuff. But, you know, Adam's been, you know, pretty much vital to the, to the program. Have someone like him uh, give us the time of day to be able to do this stuff is, is amazing. So, but just to have, uh, you know, the interest of the community, even outside of the Aboriginal community, that have been supportive, I think that's what's been um, so great about it, you know, like getting to meet people like yourself and, um, yeah, so for me it's just, uh, we're just rolling with it and seeing where it goes, yeah. but it seems to be going really well at the moment. I think it's going to go quite far. It, it is, as you say, community leaders, strong community leaders in any, in any sense of that word, they are absolutely pivotal. And given a platform to develop more of that kind of ethos and mentality is just absolutely fantastic. You know what it reminds me of? Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of Chantel Thompson and uh, George Tualaki as well. I know of her. I don't know them. I haven't met them personally, but I definitely yeah, definitely know of them. It yeah. reminds me of programs that they've set up in the past for the wrestling community. Awesome. And it's always been fantastic to see just the cultural uh, integration within jiu-jitsu and within wrestling. Like, it... It's pretty heartwarming, man. Like, you know, no, I, I don't want to get over emotional nah, about it, but it is like, like yeah. it really is the best part of what you guys could be doing, and it, it's growing. And to see it grow, I'd love to be a part of it and Bro, to see it grow. As welcome well. down anytime. We'd love to come visit your place. Yeah, like, come down. Yeah, we're pretty approachable. Nah, man. You just have to listen to like me talking about Batman for half an hour or some shit like that's that. That's cool. We're happy with that too. I didn't talk shit to me for an hour or two, so. See, yeah, me good. and Adam haven't rolled in quite a long time, and I feel like I've got his number. He doesn't know <laughs> yet, sure. but I've been watching him. I see all the bullshit. Yeah. I see all the bullshit yeah. that he does, Plenty and I feel bullshit. like feel like I can shut his game down. Yeah. Mark my words, that will not happen. That's one hundred percent not going to happen. I think. Uh, I think as well, just with the first nation stuff, like for us, it's really important. Um, like we love it, and we do it because we love it. Mm. But um, we would just love to see more faces out there. Hey, yeah. like we had. Um, um, 
we had uh, guests come in throughout the term when we do the school terms and come and share their story. So I think it's just amazing to have um, connections at all the different gyms because mm-hmm. some people don't have access to be able to get to Seaford. You know, yeah. like, I, I'm lucky where I get to drive there. But even going into state, I went over and trained with um, Tommy Everett that's, yeah. that's competing today and um, just met him through like Lachlan Warren and I think just building the community, you know, the Aboriginal side of the community as well would be great. Like, so to link up with other states and see what they got going on and they're always welcome to come and roll with us whenever and yeah, yeah that's what we just want to make that keep happening, you know. Yeah, and I think the more gyms that you interact with, when people see that, they're like, oh, that's an approachable gym. For that's sure. a place where we could actually go and train. Definitely. Yeah. We want to do some um, posters up soon where it's like, you know, um, an acknowledgement of country. So like, mm. we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we roll on. Yep. And then also, so then if an Aboriginal person you know, sees that post on their social media or something yeah. like that, they feel invited to be able to go there, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, whenever I go somewhere and I see an Aboriginal flag, for me, that makes me feel safe. Like, it feels like I'm like, in a safe space. So, um, I think the more we can do stuff like that to encourage uh, Aboriginal people to get into the stuff, I think it would be amazing. I think you're 100% right, man, because it is a potential scenario that plays out where if an Aboriginal or an Indigenous person walks into any gym or academy, they may be the only Aboriginal or Indigenous Definitely person the case for me, who's yeah. walking into that academy at any given time, and that feels, that hits different. You know? I feel like it feels a bit different. of a minority in a minority group already, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, that's how it feels a bit, you know, yeah. so... But we, you know, we get, me and I think Luke's the same, we get like a lot of love from everyone that we come across. So yeah, we, we appreciate the support heaps, eh? Well, thanks for giving me some time today as well. Anytime, brother. Really anytime. Cheers. Looking forward welcome. to seeing you out there. Legend, nice man. job. Legend. Wow. Very, very impressive entry from Will Kolarov. I know we started a little bit late on the Allen versus Will match. Yeah. But with a minute 30 into the match, a very precise and powerful performance from Will Kolarov. We were expecting this to be a knockdown drag out battle, but at the end of the day, it was Will Kolarov with a smooth entry into the saddle and an inside heel hook finish that uh, knocked off proceedings very, very quickly. Kind of heartbreaking because we all love Alan, but we all love Will too, and getting behind people is an important aspect uh, of the Jiu Jitsu community, and we are absolutely behind everyone who steps onto those mats and you have to give credit where it was due. That was a fantastic performance. But Alan Happy Hartley, he's one of the most loved uh, characters in the uh, South Australian Jiu-Jitsu scene for a reason. He is incredibly talented and he will be back once again. I'm just watching Taylor Ford go toe-to-toe with a legit brown belt in the leg lock battle, going through 50-50 saddle inversions and everything. Holy crap, Commonwealth Wrestler is now uh, well-versed in the heel hook inside and outside game. Guess what? ADCC Trials is coming. We just saw one title change hands as, unfortunately, Taylor was bested uh, with a ref's decision in that last match after some incredible exchanges. And now we have Anthony Pugliese versus Tom Everett. My voice is giving out, which is a first for me but I have to get some commentary in on this matchup. Tommy has gone for an inverted guard, something like an open Delahiva, uh, reverse Delaheva or K guard, almost like the tornado guard, the classic cyborg abru tornado guard approach, which may be a strategic play here in the opening phases of this match. Anthony Pugliese, classically incredibly heavy on top. And the 66 kg strap is up for grabs. So playing within this half guard situation, very similar to what we were looking at before with our other matches with Tom 
sorry, with uh, Sam Warren and Jack Hayes, where this half guard position chains and changes. Tommy consistently inverting into the tornado guard, but it looks like it's opened up an opportunity for Pugs to actually enter into a DAS, which is the classic counter to that guard style and type. That prompted a reset and a standing guard versus seated guard. Tom gets a two-on-one, throws his butterfly hooks out, and goes immediately back into this tornado guard. So this looks like this is something that he's been working on. There's a lot of potential for leg inversions from this guard, or leg entanglements, sorry, from this guard, but there's a lot of potential for follow-through up to a reverse triangle, up to a tornado sweep. A tornado, big tornado sweep attempt there from Tom, which got a lot of elevation of the hips of Pugliese, which meant that his legs were light momentarily, potentially prompting that leg entanglement. But as of right now, we're seeing a little bit of the strategy play out because those were some big offensive attempts early on. Now, Tom can afford to play this style of game that could potentially be crushed and shut down early on in this bout because there's no points, first five minutes. Oh, Pugliese took a little bit of a bite on the guillotine through the reverse De La Hiva inversion. Now Pugliese has been absolutely untouchable taking on all comers. We know that this is a rematch from a match that occurred quite a long time ago. But Pugs has been able to defeat a few opponents where Tom has come up short. Uh, he's just Pugs has just been sending everyone back. He's been sending everyone back when it comes to the 66 kg championship. And, but Tom is just, he's from a camp and a gym that you can just never count out. And he's had recent experience over in B-team, training with Craig Jones and the, and the team over in Austin, Texas. He's literally only just come back, and it looks like he's picked up some new confidence, some new tricks, and some new strategies, especially for the ADCC rule set. So once again, he went tornado inversion. Ooh, tornado inversion tried to get the sweep, came back to the full guard and immediately swung the hips back in the same direction again for an armbar attempt that was very, very close. Now, if this goes to a ref's decision, there's a lot of legitimate submission attempts that are being thrown up by Tommy in the first five. That could come into play later on down the track. Pugs is struggling to find a settle point within his knee cut, his classic knee cut knee shield position. And Tom is doing well between opening up for attacks and closing in for control. So he's closed into his full guard and quickly popped the hand through into a triangle omoplata chain, which is a very, very strong bite. It looks like he's come out onto the omoplata and is looking to set up for the sweep at this point. And it's really being heavily contested. This is the most attacking that I've seen Tom come out in an M16 open match. He's been slightly more passive in his, his previous matches with Jarek and with Alan Hartley. But he is really coming for this title this time around. We are quickly closing in on the five-minute points time period. Five minutes 35 right now. So 35 seconds left to go and we are on points. And this has been a high-paced, high-technical match in which Anthony Pugliese has yet to really been able to mount much offense. He was able to mount maybe a Dask counter, but this Tornado Guard has really, really been quite effective. And it's... Oh, he went Tornado Guard again and tried to swing back for the triangle. And it operates in the same way that a K-Guard does, was it gives you access to the lower body and access to the upper body bite at the same time. Tom now using closed hips in the full guard 
to try and get armbar angles. Pugs dumping a little bit of weight forward, which could be tricky. Looks like a bit of a dead orchard attempt as well from Tom. He's triangled up really high over the shoulders. It's sliding back down now, but a very, very strong submission chaining attempt. At this point, it looks like Tom's constant threats of submission attacks and sweeping attacks have really put Pugs on the back foot. We're less than five minutes to go, and Pugs is not mounting that classic offense. Oh, he's pulled out there, and he's really going hard in on a passing chain, an over-under passing chain now. Managed to pull out swiftly of the triangle attempt, and I can sense a little bit more urgency now in Pugliese's movements. Backs out of the guard completely resets and rechecks and I think he's going to probe and look for an outside pass he does he looks to pass to the other side with a strong knee cut to the non-preferred side where the game hadn't been played on yet and now a two ways pillar and post pass he constantly shin pinning and knee weaving beautiful passing chain you can see Tom starting to move towards the turtle oh a beautiful float over back take attempt from Anthony Pugliese the pace and has changed in this match he they came back to standing and Pugliese again inverted over for his front headlock chain his patented guillotine but it's just all passing now two ways passing no chance for inversions no more passivity from from Pugliese and no more counters we're up in a, a cat dog situation as Tom has opted to try to turtle to avoid points and this is a classic Lachlan Giles sub-meta cat dog battle now depends how much time Tom spent there it's, it's resulted in a stand-up and a drop-down to a high-crutch single. Anthony Pugliese was able to complete, but he has to get 50-75% to of the body pinned, which he could not do. Tom Everett platforms to stand up, and Granby rolls out of the, the rear body lock, and they are going off the mats. What an incredibly high-level matchup. The crowd is just... You know, we've got three minutes to go and they are just getting a round of applause and appreciation for the, what they've put in so far. And so they should be. This is a very technical high-level match. In the, the lighter weight classes, we do expect a little bit of this pace. Oh, a beautiful outside shot from Pugliese. He just put his head down and ran through and cut the angle. Tom is out on a switch, so he's not letting his hips get to the ground, which prompted Pugs to go to the body lock to block the switch. And now Pugs with two hooks in. As, as Tom platformed again, which worked for him the first time to block the points, Anthony read it this time. And he's backpacking right now as Tom is still standing, but in a crouched position. And Anthony Pagliese has a strong bite first hand in off the rear naked choke. But he's also overhooking the leg to possibly get that classic Cisneros stretch. Tom's over the head of Pugliese to try to pull him, suck him in and over under, but to no avail. He's now been broken down to his knees. And Anthony Pugliese is attempting to stretch out great strength shown as Tom basically deadlifts his way back up to a standing position. A Kimura grip being shown there by Pugliese. An over-the-top head grip. It looks like Tom's really trying to pull him over and suck him back underneath. Pugliese is three points up, one minute 30 to go. What an incredibly back-and-forth matchup, which they really have proven to be today at the M16 Open. They're rolling off the mats now as Pugliese locks in a body triangle. And this has just been a knockdown drag-out brawl. That second five-minute flurry of Anthony Pugliese, when he pulled apart from, when he finally got out of that triangle 
chain of attacks and got some separation and some distance passing. When he got that opportunity, he pulled the trigger on that change up in pace and he has not stopped until this moment. We are at 1 minute 20 to go. Pugs has been reset with a body triangle right in the center of the mat. And we are going to see what happens from here. A little bit of conjecture about which position they're going to start off in. They seem to have figured it out now, and we are back on live. It's basically become a back escape and control drill in the center of the mats now. Pugs is selling out hard. He doesn't care. He could be across the face. He could be under the jaw. A beautiful mat exposure. Tom got his... Oh, Tom looked to wrestle up, and we see Pugs lock in a massive guillotine attempt. Tom did everything to escape, but he could not escape. Much like when Jarek took the chance to wrestle up on Anthony Pugliese late in their match, Tom Everett looked at his opportunity to wrestle up to make up those points and got caught in a very strong, very tight guillotine. And Anthony Pugliese retains his 66-kilo M16 Open Championship in an incredibly hotly contested matchup. M16 Open goes from strength to strength, guys. You never get a boring day. You never, you're always going to get treated to the highest level of grappling that you could possibly even hope to witness on South Australian soil. And next up, we've got Jesse Hughes versus Deacon Lauer. I'm going to sign off for this one because I want to just watch and enjoy. But, man, I hope Jesse... <laughs> I've got a soft spot for Jesse. I know the M16 crew have uh, got the hook up there with, with Deacon, but... Let's just call it the Hughes connection. Well, a super impressive performance there from Deacon as he was able to best Jesse on points. Jesse had numerous bites at backside 50 and some incredible entries using his shin guard system. Put to put forward an incredible account of himself. Jesse is, you know, as I said, I've got a big soft spot for Jesse. He's a fantastic uh, practitioner and a great exponent for what uh, South Australian Jiu-Jitsu can achieve when you know we all pull together and we all pull our resources. He's one of those guys behind the scenes that's doing so much for everyone else and building the community. It's fantastic to see him getting the opportunities to showcase himself. It didn't go his way today, but it has in the past and it has and it will in the future as well. So we're moving in now to Harry Malazzo versus Tito Carl and uh, they are big. I don't think I'll ever quite understand how that bigger person can move that quickly, but Tito coming through with the victory there. A fast arm drag inside takedown. And his patented mother's milk was inevitable <laughs> after that. The Kesekatami choke. Absolutely brilliant. And we've got a couple of new champions this time out. With the M16 Open is building the repertoire. And now we move into the rematch from Boa. The absolute jiu-jitsu phenom Cooper Burnham versus Lachlan Conway, our resident cannonball. Are we going to see some new strategies? They've had a recent match on another high-profile showcase with Cooper coming out the victor in this one. The winner of this match gets a shot at the title against Pablo Torreabla, and they're locking up early in this match. I think it's going to be a match of momentum. It w certainly was last time with Cooper able to get early ascendancy and early momentum with Lachlan trying to pull the hooks, and he was able to flash pass over. 
This time, it might be a little bit different. Potentially, due to the ADCC rule set, we'll see a, a gradual building of the pace, which can sometimes occur. But given that they have had that recent experience with each other, they know where the pitfalls are, they know where the danger may be. But I know from talking to Lachlan earlier that he understands the momentum factor in getting the ball rolling. So a much more patient approach on the feet from both practitioners so far. Cooper holding excellent posture through the neck ties. Lachlan trying to th- show his strength with the, na- with the snap downs, way less l- willing to pull. He doesn't want to be in a position where Cooper can use his speed passing on the outside. Cooper not only did defeat Lachlan on Boa, but actually took out the entire Black Belt tournament on Boa, which was incredible with wins over Ariel Tabak as well, which is just phenomenal for Cooper. But this is a different game. This is a different, uh, not only a different rule set, but a completely different feeling being here on a showcase. I suppose in a way they all use it as practice. You know, ADCC Trials is coming up and this is one of the only formats where you can practice that rule set. Cooper looking to go in for a low ankle pick like a, a Sanderson style ankle pick with the necktie still attached. Lachlan pulled his feet out of the way and looked for a quick snap. So that was a little bit of a tell on potential strategies that they formulated for each other. Neither is conceding to the guard at this point. which again is likely a tell-on strategy. So both, both heavy on the neck. Those neck tires don't just fatigue the neck and head, they also fatigue the entire torso and body. A quick snapping arm drag attempt there from Cooper, catching Lachlan reaching a little bit, but Lachlan was able to react. Cooper is fast, extremely fast and extremely talented. And Lachlan is explosive in his own right. And Lachlan's style really does get rewarded here in the ADCC rule set if he can bring it to the second five and put some explosive reversals on or some explosive counters. Ooh, a shot, big shot attempt, big bite on a, a single leg, inside single there from Lachlan, showing that he has the willingness to wrestle and the willingness to attack from the standing position. I think a little bit more footwork and drive and he would have potentially finished that takedown or been very close to a strong off-balancing which could lead to some follow-up entries or chain wrestling. But we're not in the second five yet, so that might have just been a look to see what he could gather in the second phase. Lachlan faints again, and now he can faint with authority because he took such a bite. When he faints at the takedown, Cooper is going to be reacting a lot harder. He has to respect that legitimate level change as opposed to an empty feint. Cooper slinking down to the single, so it's a game of neckties and single legs so far, but it's it's still at the same time quite contrived, you know. When you can see the games, the strategies playing out. We're moving ahead in the match now. Inside and outside arm drags being attempted by both practitioners. They're starting to try to put their foot down a little bit more in terms of who's got ascendancy from the upfront position. Still all standing so far. One minute to go until points are on and we'll likely see a bit of a strategy and pace change at that point, as has been uh, as has been occurring throughout these matches and Lachlan Paul, sorry, yeah, just a little pause in my own words there. I also get caught watching. I like jujitsu. <laughs> I like grappling. 
I like to watch. So Lachlan looked to pull the hooks, but in their previous match, Cooper shot straight over that guard pull. This time, Lachlan pulled straight into full guard. And unfortunately, this is where a fair amount of their match took place previously as well, with Cooper on the inside biceps blocking and Lachlan trying to get wrist grips and get something going. And Lachlan is being much more aggressive on his gripping systems in this match. This could potentially be a strategic move on Lachlan's behalf as he may feel like an explosive up and over or an explosive reversal from the bottom could just be the decider in this match. We've just walked over into the final five minutes in the final match of the day. So points are in. And it's all up for grabs now. Adam Jones may or may not be walking around in the background yelling and screaming. Doing the, uh, the opening theme song to Sesame Street as he is in fact part of the cast as the Big Bird character. Back to the match. Lachlan is trying to pass the wrists over the center line and it's a constant battle. Cooper's trying to get his arms back outside the center line and Lachlan is trying to create angles to attack from the full guard. These are two high level black belts in a very refined position. They would have been inside a guard before and been inside their own guard many, many times. There's a lot of strategies that work from here. There's a lot of attack chains that can come from here, but it all starts with the grip game. The grip game is like the game before the game. It's, that's what's being contested. Cooper went to sell out and push down hard, two on one on Lachlan's leg, and, and Lachlan sat straight up to look to bite at that over-under. So that may be a scenario that plays out. Cooper finally finds a two-on-one, presses into Lachlan's midsection with that two-on-one grip. And Lachlan looked at that as an opportunity to get an underhook on the leg. They are really going to have to start to make things happen here, take some risks, open up, try different things, because we are three minutes left in the match. We are at 0-0, and you would hate to be in the position of judge at this point in time because it is just absolutely impossible to pick a winner based on what's happened so far. They were both necktying in the beginning. They were both looking at singles and doubles. The only definitive action towards the ground was Lachlan pulling the full guard position. No submission threats, credible submission threats. Lachlan's locked up the triangle behind on the hips, so he's got a low triangle guard and looked to get an up and over from it. But Cooper just keeps blasting him back down, blasting him back down. Every movement is being addressed constantly. It's a tight, grueling battle, and it does certainly look like you know the their first match, but just with a, a little bit of a different context. They're at 0-0. The first time, Cooper was up, so he could afford to be blocking Lachlan was behind, so he was forced into attacking. But Lachlan, it's, you know, it's 50-50 it's right now. Again, you wouldn't want it to go to a decision. It would be a hard decision to make. But it's going to be on someone to open up. It may eventually be on Lachlan to open the guard and to try a different strategy. But again, that runs the risk of you know, a lightning-fast Cooper Burnham. 
blasting past your entanglement attempts. One minute 30 to go. Up and over attempt and Cooper slams him back down. Man, these guys are strong. I wish I was that strong. Lockie really selling out on an over an Upa sweep attempt. Maybe looks to pull his own legs up on the second phase to get a submission chain going, but it's, it seems like it's just not to be in this matchup. Oh, that was a strong bite on a straight arm lock attack there from Lachlan from the bottom. He had an overhook and just went bang, threw his hip into it. And Cooper had to react big. You heard a, a small reaction of the crowd. To be honest with you, that may be the only credible submission threat that has been thrown up so far in this matchup. And again, it's been Cooper blocking and blocking and blocking whilst Lachlan has been trying to move him. So Cooper looking for a, you know, an Americana from inside the guard on both sides. Oh, and Lachlan used that as an opportunity to get a side head arm and a straight arm attempt of his own. I think they're trying to show the judges here that they were in fact attacking, especially on Cooper's behalf, you know, attacking a Kimura from inside the guard is a little bit of a, a Hail Mary. Ten seconds left. Not a lot to judge this on. I hope they don't ask me to make a decision. They won't. That's... Match is over. And let's see how we go. Who are they going to confer with to get a decision on this matchup? Chris Penrose, the referee, has to make a decision on who won this matchup. And he's given it to Cooper Vernon. So Lockie goes down in that one. We have to respect the referee's decision, and it's an incredibly difficult ask. I would not have wanted to be in that position to make a decision on that one. Cooper walks away with the victory. He walks away with a shot at Pablo Tarriabla for the belt. We're going to get some reactions and see what people thought of that one. That was a really tough, really tough decision to make. It's been a really fantastic day. New champions, some ret retentions of belts, and just overall, the level just continues to rise, and we have the privilege to watch it unfold right in front of our eyes at the M16 Open. <laughs> Alright, it's time for a quick reaction. We've got our, our resident expert here, Declan Moody. How do you feel about the event as, uh, event as a whole and the final match as well? Some, uh, some beautiful matches today, uh, really impressive performances. The final match, uh, sort of similar to the, uh, the Boa match in terms of um, the close guard was where predominantly the action took place, but this time it was a more conservative game from Conway, which led to uh, a more stalemated match, less, less scrambles than uh, maybe anticipated or even looking back at their last match. Yeah, and we all did Chris Penrose a pretty big dirty on that one by no one being on the sidelines to help him make that decision. Yeah, that was tough when the, uh, the other two refs were in the corner. Yeah, maybe I should have like helped or something like that. I was, it, you know, it's good to see. And that, that was sort of like, a, you could have that match 
a few times, depending on rule set and depending on just a few key variables, it could likely go a similar way. I'm biased, so I would have scored it to Conway based on a few criteria. But again, you know, I like the guy, yeah, so yeah, they, that's why that's why I shouldn't be uh, judging or refereeing at the same point in time. But. I can't make a call, obviously, being in the corner, but Conway won. <laughs> So, are we going to have a trilogy? That's the, that's the big thing. A trilogy with overtimes and all that kind of shit. It's hard. It's hard to run a trilogy after, unfortunately, Conway lost the first one and, and the second. It's hard to run a trilogy. Obviously, it would be good, and I hope that they do get the chance to run it back, but we'll, we'll see. That's for the future, yeah. Well, the, the narrative is controversy. That's what we're, mm. we're trying to drum up some controversy. That's it. What do you think was the match of the day? The match of the day? Uh, for sure, Pugs and uh, Tom. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think that was a massive step up for from Tom as well, given that uh, Tom's actually you know suffered a loss to Alan, who Pugs has actually beat. Tom stepping up, it's like a pride fight. It's like based on your performance, based on how well you do, that's the kind of opportunities that you get. And I thought it was a fascinating break. Oh. No, By the way, I don't, I, I don't want someone, I don't want to try and pass them. I feel like, no, please, Tino, don't hurt me, please. Oh, please give me something good. I'm a nice dude. <laughs> Tito Carl, just, um, he's uh, South Australia's new favourite son. Oh. Since he <laughs> put the hurt on Harry Malaga. Pasco had the opportunity and he dropped him. <laughs> he dropped the ball to be the, the hero of the state. I put that out there. <laughs> That's classic. But yeah, no, Tom coming with the tornado guard, the inverted guard. Interesting use of the tornado guard too. Looking at access to both legs. Yeah, I really, exactly. I really like how he wasn't set on the, the one leg mm. and coming back with attacks every time. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask him what attacks. happened to his mullet. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about mullets on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. It sort of functions in the same way that a basic K guard does in in the way that you can bite up at the upper body and at the lower body, but with more variables yeah. and more propensity to sweep outright and gain elevation of the hips, access to both legs, access to swing back quickly on a triangle. And I think we saw all of those options yeah. used in that match. You know, Pugs did a great job of blocking, but his hips were elevated a couple of times. The yeah. leg had a couple of looks. You know, the, the triangle was, was a good entry, you know? Yeah. And then as soon as Pugs got that reset, from when he pulled out of the triangle and he got a little bit of separation and just and putting the foot on the, the steam, gas. Yeah. Steam roller begins, you know? It was amazing. It was, a, yeah, easily best match of the day. I easily agree. best match of the day. So where do we go from here, man? What's next for the M16 Open? Um, what's next for the M16 Open? Who knows? Hopefully <laughs> bigger and bigger. Well, I've heard time. word about tournament. Yes, the, uh, we're running a local tournament, starting uh, to sort of see the local talent and give those guys opportunities, you know? Brilliant. I'll be scouting that as well. I have to give an award for breakout performance. I've been trying to scout the undercard. You, you got any votes for breakout performance? I, I don't have a vote. It's, <laughs> it's very tough for me, you know? There's, there's lots of good guys. So many good guys. It's hard to say. That's hard to say. I'm going to try and figure it out. I'll leave that one to you. Yeah, I'll try and figure it out. You're getting me some input. Oh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for your time, man. Much appreciated. Okay, signing off here. I mean, M16 Open always, always, always delivers. Goes from strength to strength. So many matchups throughout the day that were just on fire. Like that Sam versus Jack Hayes and Tommy versus Ryan and Declan versus Jesse. Pugs versus Tommy Everett was, oh, man, that was a... One of the best matches I've seen on the M16 Open so far. If you get the chance to 
look back at the stream and, and look at that one. That is that is an absolute instant classic. We're going to have to put together like a, a highlights DVD, <laughs> the M16 Open, I'm sure. Pugs would be on there numerous times. So I think uh, at this point in time, what I've got to do is I've got to announce the winner of the breakout performance. And this one is going to go to Daniel Moonchow for his uh, straight footlock finish over a very, very tough opponent, Michael from Progressive. Those two are right at the top of their divisions. They've had matches before. They came in with excellent individual strategies against each other, and Daniel was able to weather a very smart, tactical, and ferocious storm to come out with his victory. I want to make sure that I'm highlighting some of the guys on the undercard for their efforts, and uh, I'll offer Daniel a spot on the Batphone podcast in the future, and he might get, he has to show up to that in order to get his piece of memorabilia from the Bat, Batman collection that I own. So guys, if, uh, if you like that, there's so much more, so many more guests this year, so many more events we're going to try and cover. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. So please stay tuned. Same Bat time, same Bat channel for all the Bat fans out there.